0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. So let's uh, start out by hearing it for the boys. Yeah, two cheers for the apostles. They're hiding. The 12, well, now 11... They are bummed out, scared, defeated, and that makes sense. They've been following this would-be Messiah for three years of their lives. They've left their jobs. They've left their families when they hit the road with Jesus in Galilee. And now Jesus is killed. All is lost. They are stunned, paralyzed, paralyzed out of commission. Luke writes that it was the women who went to the tomb that Easter morning. They are the ones who find the stone rolled away, the tomb empty. Two angelic messengers who tell them that Jesus is alive again, and so they go and tell the boys. We read, now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them, who told this to the apostles. And what was the effect? But these words seemed to them, the apostles, an idle tale, and they did not believe them. You know, more than any other gospel writer, Luke tells us about the place of women in the ministry of Jesus. Back in chapter eight, Luke writes, Jesus went through the cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. The 12 were with him, as well as some women who had been cured of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out, and Joanna, the wife of Herod's steward, Huzza, and Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their resources. Now it's a fact of history that the place of women in the first century was inferior to men. Whether you're talking about Rome or Palestine, women were not even considered credible witnesses in a court of law. And not only does Luke include the company of women among the disciples, he and every other gospel writer say that women were the prime witnesses of the resurrection Why would he do that sort of thing? Why not strengthen the story, bolster the case by having a few strong men around to confirm it, to give it a little oomph, a little credibility, to make it hold up in court? Well, first, because this must have been the way it went down. In other words, Luke... And the other Gospel writers are giving a faithful rendition of how it happened that Easter morning. Each Gospel writer from their own perspective, of course. Luke is saying that this is what happened. The men were hiding. The women were there. The men were slow to believe. The women really were the witnesses of the resurrection. It's not flattering to the apostles, but it's honest. Other Gospels mention that Mary Magdalene, specifically, was the first person to see Jesus raised. And as such, the Church has referred to Mary Magdalene as the Apostle to the Apostles. She's the first person to have seen and proclaimed the good news that Jesus was alive and proclaimed it to his inner circle. Now, the second reason Luke is eager to tell the story this way is that throughout his gospel, Luke shows the heart of Jesus to all people and all kinds of people. I mentioned this in my uh, Palm Sunday sermon. Luke, more than any other, mentions women, Gentiles, the poor and the oppressed, Sinners and tax collectors, those who were judged by everyone. Jesus doesn't care about status, position, privilege. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus says, Woe to you who are rich and full and laughing down your nose at people you consider inferior. Woe to you and all speak well of you. He's saying, woe to the popular, to the proud, to the prestigious. Throughout his gospel, Luke is showing that the kingdom of God that Jesus preached is fixed to actually turn the world upside down, to give hope to the hopeless, a standing to those who are on the margins, the grace of God to those who are considered undeserving or unworthy or inferior. So Luke tells us about the women in Jesus' life and ministry. Mary, Joanna, Herod, Steward, Khuza, Susanna, and how they provided out of their, uh, their uh, resources. This is just my reminder that if there are any rich people here, Jesus loves rich people too. Jesus loves everyone. That's the point of Luke's gospel. But back to the women. You know, we know more about the Virgin Mary from Luke than any other gospel writer. Luke is the one evangelist who tells about her being visited by the angel Gabriel. Just a girl at the time. A teenager told that she will be the mother of the Son of God. And then Luke tells a story about how Mary travels to see her cousin Elizabeth in the hill country of Judea to tell her what God is doing in her life. And it's there that she kind of uh, breaks out in song. We call this in the church the, the Magnificat, the Song of Mary. We say it at daily morning prayer. Mary exclaims out of joy, My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed. You see what's going on there at the beginning of Luke's gospel, the tables are being turned. God hasn't sought out someone important or strong or in a position of power. He's looked with favor, that is, grace, on Mary's lowliness. And Mary's song keeps that theme going all the way through it. He has shown the strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from the thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. Luke wants his readers to know that with the coming of Jesus Christ into the world, everything has changed, that the tables are turned, And it's my contention that this theme that begins with the Song of Mary in Luke 1 is carried through and hammered home there at Luke's account of the resurrection at the end of his gospel. He's saying this, The resurrection is not a reward for pretty good people. The resurrection is not payday for the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious elite. It's not a perk for the worthy, the self-righteous, and the self-important, the resurrection is the grace of God crashing in, breaking into our world, turning the tables, turning the world upside down, so that it looks more like the world, the kingdom that Jesus preached, where strength, where there, where weakness is strength, where being of low degree means having the kind of humility, the kind of compassion that God can lift up and make your life meaningful in this world. Where if your heart gets broken just enough, like if you failed, or you've been bummed out yourself, or have come to the end of yourself at a loss, the grace of God can get in there and fill that hungry heart with good things. You see, the weakness of Luke's resurrection account is its very strength. Women at the tomb with a weak testimony that won't hold up in the court of public opinion. Weak men hiding, afraid, depressed, undone. A weak, rejected, beaten, forsaken, crucified Messiah, What can God do with a situation like that? He can turn the tables. He can turn the world on its head. He can turn it all into a moment of sheer grace, forgiveness, hope, healing. In a word, resurrection. The love of God alone raises Jesus from the dead, vindicating him in this preaching of the kingdom. It's the beginning of a whole new world a Magnificat world where grace scatters the proud in the thoughts of their heart, where humility brings down the powerful from their thrones, where love lifts up the lowly, where mercy fills the hungry with good things. I wonder how hungry you are this morning. And I'm not talking about brunch. I'm not talking about peeps. I'm not talking about the Easter icon I'm talking about that table i'm talking about that kind of world that kind of kingdom that jesus came to offer where weakness is strength where grace is life if so come to the table where the lord still turns the tables It's the table where the poor are fed, where the unworthy are welcome, where sinners are forgiven, where the weak are made strong, where the resurrected Lord still gives his life, his body, and his blood to be poured into the hearts of his people so that we can go out there, so that we can turn the world upside down, a magnificat world. A kingdom of God world. A world where grace, resurrection are the last word. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.